Hello, my name is Cynthia, and welcome to the latest episode of Getting Your Together, a podcast where we discuss what it's like to get it all the way together, or at least attempt to, one day at a time. Hey everyone, how are you doing out there? Today's episode is going to be about coping mechanisms. So, I think coping has been thrown out a lot, probably within the past couple of years, which isn't a bad thing. I don't think so. I believe we should always look at how we relate to the world and how we relate to ourselves in this life. I know that me personally, as a cynic person or a cynical person that I was a few years ago, I probably would have side-eyed that the notion or the thought of coping mechanisms. You know, because we're all human and we all have to get by. Cue Talib Kweli, if anyone knows that song out there. It's one of my favorites. I listen to it a lot when I'm about to have, when I have to go in there and like roll heads at work. But anyway, that's a story for another day. So bottom line, we all cope. We all cope good, both good and bad. You know, hopefully more good than bad. But you know, even if you don't, or even if you're not, you know, there's always ways to change if you really wanted to, you know? So I kind of want to just dive into what coping is. To me, coping is a way to really soothe yourself if you're feeling anxious, emotional, overwhelmed, confused by life or something that's happening to you in your life and you just can't process it or you don't know how to process it it on the spot and it just kind of takes over. So in a way to kind of calm yourself, bring yourself back to center, ground yourself, you look to something to cope with or self-soothe yourself with, you know, help you get your balance back. And depending on the type of person that you are or how you were raised or socialized, you know, you may go for one particular type of coping mechanism over the other, you know. As you're listening to this and you're thinking, just like, look, as I go through things, just, you know, start checking off the things that you seem to be doing in your life. Or even if it's not something I even list, just, you know, think about the things that you do do that you do when you are going through something, you know, and see if it's something that really adds to your life or something that you need to examine further, you know? So coping in me. So I will be honest, I coped pretty poorly for most of my life. I took path of least resistance a lot. I stuck to things that I was very big on not wanting to confront things about myself, about other people, about my world. I would look for things to numb me or to soothe me in a way that I just didn't have to focus on whatever I was facing or up against. Anything that I could that could take me out of my head, I loved, even if I knew it was like hurting me in some kind of way. But just to be able to quiet my mind, silence my mind, shut the mind the fuck up, that was something that I was all about. And that's probably why drinking was such a beneficial part of my life, because even though I used other things, you know, like I've gone into it, like I really had issues with food and emotional eating, things like that when I was younger. But when I found alcohol, that was kind of like a moth to the flame because I was like, yes, something that I could take myself, something that could quiet my mind, take me out of my body, take me out of, you know, feeling how I was feeling or addressing how I was feeling or what was happening to me. And I could just be and just let it wash over me. And that's kind of like how I, and I thought that was okay. I thought I wasn't 
it was all right. That's what you do. That's what I did. You know, that's what I was doing. There was nothing wrong with that at all. Drinking was just my way to cope with everything in life. And like I said, I drank for all reasons. You know, I drank when I was happy, sad, whatever. But when I'm talking about coping, it's usually when something was like foreign to me in my life and I didn't know how to address it or attack or attack it or uh, run up against it. So I would just recoil into myself and really just drown my sorrows, drown my frustration, drown my pain, drown my anxiety and everything into booze. That's just what I would do. So I would spend days like that, nights, hours, whatever, just drinking, just so I could just kind of feel like I could come out of it when I sobered up, then I could be like, okay, I can deal with my life. But that's all BS because, you know, my problems and stuff was still there. There was things that I didn't know how to express or articulate. And it was just going to be sitting on me until I really worked up the nerve to start really addressing a lot of this stuff. But at that time, I thought alcohol was a nice, gooey, sticky (laughs) balm to like kind of coat over me enough so I could just get through the day. It was very much about just surviving for me at that point in my life. So why do we cope the way that we do? I mean, I can really only speak for myself. So I just kind of wrote down like a list of things of why I was coping the way that I was. But some things could be like, you know, it's what we know. Like if you grow up around something, if it's a more of a negative or a positive, but if it's more negative, I guess, I suppose. But if it's what we know, then you're not going to really try to say, well, it's been helping me up to this point. So why am I going to stop now? I know I can go to, and do this and it will get me the result that I need. And then I can go on about my day and not focus on what's really bothering me. And then I can convince myself that I'm in the moment, convince myself that I'm all right, convince myself that I'm okay. So I'm just going to stick with this. At the same time, it's easy and familiar to us. For the back coping mechanism, it's usually something that's really immediate because one of the things, a common thread about like a lot of the bad coping mechanisms is that it's immediate. It's a distraction. You don't have to wait to get the result. You know what the result's going to be. You know the result that you want. And it's not something that you, you don't have to play the long game. Usually it's like one stop shop, one, two, three, bam. And there you are, you know, even in the deep, deep, deep times of my drinking. And I had to drink more in order to get the same feeling that I used to. I was fine with that because I, as I was going through it and getting to that point of where I knew I could stop or I felt I could stop, even though sometimes I tippled over and still kept going, I still could feel it happening in my body. I could feel like I remember I would talk to my friends and people and I'd be like, I could feel it when I was, it was starting to take effect over me because like my hands would start going numb and then I could feel it kind of like wash up my arms to my face and I could feel it like my face being red and warm. And then like, you know, my mind would slowly start to slow. I would look forward to that feeling so much because I knew it was working and I knew I was going to, I would be able to stop my mind. And also it was acceptable in my world at the time. I didn't really have to explain it to anyone because everyone I knew around me drank to my level, at my level, more than me. So it was okay. Like no one's going to be like, well, I think there's a problem. Why are you doing that? Because that's what everyone else was doing. I also had a low self-esteem, no sense of self. I talked about sense of self in 
another podcast of mine. I'll link it. But yeah, this was a big thing for me. I had no clue about who I was as a person, what I stood for, what I wanted, who I was, the type of people that I wanted around me, the type of person that I was like, who, like the type of per- like I couldn't tell you the type of person that I was. It was just all like a clusterfuck really on the inside and then what I thought of myself was usually negative. So then that would just help me keep the spiral going. And I would just keep coping poorly because that's just what I knew. That's what I was good for. That's all I was going to be. And that was it. I mean, I touched on this earlier, but a lot of it's like numbing. I'm distracting myself. I'm numbing myself. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to address it. It's not there. Once I come out of it, it will be gone or something would have happened. A choice would have been made for me, even though me doing what I was doing was still making a choice. But it's kind of like what you got to tell yourself in order to like really validate what you're doing. So that's some of the reasons that I was coping the way that I was. Maybe you identify with it. Maybe it makes a little bit of sense to you. And I, if it does, then just like, you know, sit and address it and see why, you know, journal it out, write it out, talk it out, you know, whatever you need to do in order to really start coming to terms with some of this. As I mentioned before, a lot of my coping mechanisms were unhealthy. I just didn't know better. So a lot of, like I said, mine were, a lot of it was around like, food, emotional eating, overeating, um, binging, things like that. And of course, alcohol, cigarettes, sex, of course, too, would fall into that category. Stuff that you realize as you're going through and processing your shit, friends. (laughs) But there's some other ones, you know. I mean, there's drugs and alcohol abuse. There's um, excessive reliance on technology. Now, this is one that I find interesting in this day and age. Like if you have to be on the phone all the time, have to be on the web, have to be constantly on your social media, have to like, you know, it's like a compulsion. Maybe start examining if that's a way of you coping. And it's nothing wrong with being on social media. It's nothing wrong with that at all. I like my Instagram. I love it. But if it's at this point where it's like, this is all you do, it's like you have to be on it in order for you to feel like you are healthy and dialed in, then maybe examine social media in your life. Maybe have blackout periods. I know I do that sometimes when I'm just not on my phone over the weekend. I'm horrible with my phone anyway. Like I'm the worst person to get a hold of because I just put my phone down and I lose it all the time. But that's just me. But on the flip side, there are also healthy coping mechanisms. And I... Like I urge you if you're thinking like, oh, maybe I have a lot of unhealthy ones. Maybe I would like to examine and and process this and go through this and try to figure out if I can rewire or try new things. Some healthy ones you could potentially explore could be like creative outlets. I know for me last year, getting sober, my creative outlets like quadrupled and it was like crazy and I did not expect any of it at all. I always, always consider myself like a writer. I consider myself somewhat of a photographer but it was just something I was doing because I've been, I'm huge in cinematography. So I decided to learn how to take pictures, you know, in order to grow and be able to, to bring it to video. But I was still, it was kind of like an off and on, off and on hobby. But, you know, when I got sober last year, a lot of that stuff just like took the fuck off. You know, my writing, my photography changed, my dancing I got really heavy into that and exploring that. And I call myself a dancer now. And, and, you know, a lot of that helped me cope in a different way when I was feeling overwhelmed, when I was feeling anxiety, when I was feeling 
like foreign to myself because a lot of the things that I was going through in life sober would happen to be new to me. And even now, like when I'm really, really stressed at work, you know, and I'm feeling overwhelmed because my work is intense. I know I feel off and when I'm feeling off balance, my first instinct now, most of the time is like, I have to go to a dance class. I have to move. I have to do something and like, just work it out that way or do something creative in order to ground myself again, which I find interesting because that's not something I would, I would consider doing a few years ago. There's also meditating. Your girl has tried this. I'm not really the best meditating. No people that do it. No people that love it. That's something that you could use in order to kind of like balance yourself out as well. I do a lot of creative writing and like articles and things, but you know, there's journaling. There's so many other things you could do. Write a book. I love hearing when people are like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do this. I'm like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Cause I'm going to ask you about it. Once I know about it, I'm going to ask you about it. So, (laughs) because I want to make sure that you're, you know, you keep motivated and you have one person cheering in your corner. So let's do it. Especially if it's something that's keeping you from doing things that are self-destructive to you. And then there's all all sorts of self-care activities. That could be anything. It could be getting massages. It could be doing face masks or pedicures. It could be, I don't know, gardening. I don't know. This is like something that you you see as self-care. What I see as self-care may be different than what you do, but it's like things like that honor you. I was on Reddit on one of the Lose It forum today, and this girl was talking about working out and her health and like her mental and physical health. And one of the things that just came to me is like, you need to learn to honor you. And I feel like once you start honoring you, that will help you not succumb as easily. Not saying that you won't succumb to coping in a way that isn't beneficial to you. It will help you at least be more self-aware about why you're choosing what you're doing and why. You know, whether you change it right away, whether you change it at all, I mean, that's all up to you. I would hope that you do change something that doesn't bring joy or satisfaction to you. But if not, at least be self-aware, because I think that is key. At least you acknowledge what you're doing. And I think that's that's like one step ahead of most people, in my opinion. So and then another thing to another thing is, it's like when you're aware It's also like, man, this is like how I react in this certain situation. This is what I do. This is what makes like when this is what I feel. It can help you start learning how to name what is driving you, whether it's a situation, whether it's an emotion, it can help you put like a word to it. Like, are you angry? Am I angry? Am I upset? Am I hurt? Am I sad? Am I pensive? If I am I overwhelmed? Like you'll start being able to be like, okay, this is what it is. And this is how I react to it when I am feeling this way. And this is what I can do, or this is what I did, or I'm used to doing, but I can also try this to see if it works. So it's just kind of like, you'll keep adding to it. It's like a foundation, but I do think the the bottom of it is just being self-aware and being honest about it, whether you change it or not, just being aware of it. And then after that, you can start adding on to it, the stronger that you get. And then you'll also start thinking, is it really worth it? Good or bad coping mechanisms. Hopefully if it's a good one, you're like, yeah, it is. This is badass. This is cool. And if it's not a good one, you'd be like, no, it's not serving me. I'm not ready to let it go yet, but I'm working towards it. Or one time when you are feeling overwhelmed, you cope in a healthy way instead of a bad way. And even if you 
if the same thing happens, you cope the bad way again, you're at least like, like, well, at least I tried something new. I tried something different. I'm changing. And I think like if that's you or that's where you are, just realize that you are on the right path. You're on the right track, you know, so don't beat yourself up if you do fall back into your old patterns and behaviors because that stuff takes a while to unlearn. And like I said, we all have bad things that we are still trying to unlearn. It's a process and it will get better with time. So coping, good or bad, as humans, we do both things. If you're self-aware, being self-aware is key. That will help you be able to at least look at you holistically, see your patterns, see what your triggers are, see your thoughts and choices and why you choose the things that you do to help guide your foundation or build your foundation. You'll be able to start naming it. Whether you are at the point to change it or not, at least you'll be able to name it. And then you'll be able to start assessing if it's really worth it. And I think that is amazing. And so much growth and so much progress. So if you're doing that, my friends, I am clapping for you or doing the snaps for you. It's awesome. So yeah, that's it for this episode, my friends. If you think anybody would enjoy this, please share it with them. I would love that. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Talk soon. Bye.